0: Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shineman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Megan Rose to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Megan, so excited to have you here today. Um, Go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience.
1: Uh, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Um, I am a middle school librarian, and this is my the start of my eighth year wow. um, as a librarian, and I work at Rye Country Day School in Westchester County, just outside of New York City. Okay. Um, I live in Brooklyn, and I make the commute for anybody that's a New Yorker, um, and I started out as a lower school librarian at a, at a K-8 school, okay. um, lower and, and into the, the middle grade, I shared that responsibility with one other librarian. So we split up the, the nursery to, to grade eight okay. um, grade levels. And then I moved on to move to New York, where I was at a boys' school, and I was, again, a lower school librarian. And so this be the start of my fourth year at, at, Rye Country Day and the start of my fourth year as a dedicated middle school librarian.
0: Nice. Okay. So uh, where I am, we don't have things called day school. So does that, is that just mean just like a regular? you would, you would oh, Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. It, it's a part of the independent school. I it, some schools are, you know, a country day schools, other schools okay. are just not, they're all independent schools. Okay.
0: Okay. This wasn't familiar with that phrase. want to be sure <laughs> that yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Okay. So, um, Megan, tell us a little bit. So you said that's a private school system or school. It is. Um, yes. and so what does it mean? Like, how do you become a private school librarian? Um, so, a lot of, in the
1: same way that you become, I guess, a librarian at other schools. Um, for, um, for my school, you know, it, a teaching position is available. With a lot of the independent schools, you typically go through a um, a recruitment firm. Okay. Um, though if you are familiar with an independent school or any other private schools the positions are listed on the website and you can apply um, like anyone else but typically um, most of us go through a, a recruitment firm and hmm. you it, it's free you set up a profile and then you are sort of matched with schools based on where where in the country you'd like to be and oh, what wow. sorts of um, cur- you know extracurriculars you possibly, can teach. So it's, it's pretty standard that a lot of people end up, you know, like coaching or assistant coaching for sports, that sort of thing. I don't do any of that, okay. but, um, it's sort yeah. of, you know, a part of the, a part of the the whole thing when you, um,
0: yeah.
1: when you are, um, when you go through, through the recruitment firm. And so you're matched for schools. And if the school likes your package, you will be invited, um, for an interview and, and it moves from there. And it's, and I think that it's because I've never uh, been a librarian at a public school. I, I assume that you do this as well at those schools is that mm-hmm. you come and you, you interview for a day, you do demo lessons, you meet everyone. And mm-hmm. so um, it's, I don't think it's unlike any other um, applying, uh, interviewing for any other uh, okay. like teaching job at any other sort of school.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Um, I know I've talked to some international librarians before, and they've talked mm-hmm. about recruiting firms, but I yeah. haven't heard about that like a stateside thing, so that that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. and I've used, a re-
1: in, at the three independent schools that I've uh, worked at, I've used the same recruitment firm to, to get right. the job at, at all three, and so, and I know that I have several friends that have, have used the same one or or others, yeah. but again, the positions are also listed on the website, right. and I'm sure that people apply without. <laughs> yeah. Using.
0: Okay. Very good. Well, that's very interesting. Okay, so eight years in the library. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. That's very mm-hmm. good. Um, so, what do you remember about those earliest years? What were they like for you? Um, I, ha- I have to say, I
1: those in the, those early years were really, really just learning. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how much preparation you do in graduate school in um, a certification, if you, if you um, certify, if you do an internship, you really don't know what this experience is going to be until you actually right. get into the library, into the classroom. And also from year to year, how different that will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the first couple of years, I spent a lot of time thinking I have to do everything. I have to cover everything. I have to teach yeah. all the things and I got to get it done all in, in in that year. And it was literally impossible. Yes. Um, and, and I, and I felt really stressed and, 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 just constantly under pressure to, to like, get through, you know, everything that I said we would cover in the year. And, and for the most part, I didn't inherit like curriculum. That was, that's one of the things that I really liked about, that, that I do like about being in an independent school. There are, we definitely sort of follow very loosely what our, um, what's expected of kid, okay. what we expect to teach kids um, each year in library. But I mean, there's a lot of flexibility there. And so I just used to feel like I got to cover everything, I got to do it all. And just realizing like, but I don't have to do it all. Yeah. Um, and so I th- if I had recognized that going in, um, I would have been a lot less stressed about mm-hmm. what we were doing. And I could have really drill down on doing a couple of things extremely well, instead of trying to constantly make it through
0: That's a good point. Um,
1: everything. Yeah. Um, and so I, I definitely recommend figure out what you have to teach, what, you know, like if you have a set curriculum that you have to cover, how much of it do you, do you really have to get through in that year? If it's all of it, then it's all of it. But if you have flexibility, focus on the things that you think will be the most helpful, um, and if there's a way to, to combine, and I can talk about, you know, that a little bit later um, in terms of yeah. um, how I structure currently. We do a year-long research project in sixth grade, okay. and really some of the, the key skills that they need to get I just build out through this, the, the project instead of, you know, trying to do a lesson on plagiarism and a lesson on um, note-taking and a lesson on, you know, each skill that, that um, I need to teach them. I, we teach it along the way in this one project. And so that's just one way to, to yeah. look
0: at. Yeah. And process. while you were telling, describing that, it was making me think back to, because I was in elementary, that's where I was a librarian and that you know those first couple of years i kept thinking man my fifth graders need to know everything but really and truly they should have been learning stuff every grade level before you know so Mm -hmm. it took me a while to kind of go okay you know, we're, this is a building, you know, I'm building up to the point when they will be in fifth grade. These guys right now are not going to know it all. And I'm Mm -hmm. not going to be able to cram it all in, you know, to this one, but so do the best you can and and just realize it as grow, you know, and build up.
1: Yeah, it is better. It's better to to do, to teach a few lessons well than to do many not so well so I would agree. Yeah, yeah
0: definitely okay so that kind of sounds like some good advice for our, our young um, career people that are listening right now is there any any other kind of advice that would have been real helpful to you when you were starting out
1: yeah i would also say listen to to your students i used to think oh i have to do this and i have to do this and oh it didn't it didn't work out well and oh they hated it and then students would say, oh, I really like that. Can we do that again? And like the things that I thought didn't land very well, they really enjoyed. Uh Um, So sometimes taking a step back from what you have planned and actually taking the feedback, especially if students enjoyed something and and figuring out, well, maybe I can do this next lesson in the same way since they really enjoyed that. So I would also say, you know, if, if students provide feedback or they share that they really enjoyed something, figure out how to do a little bit more
0: of it um, uh-huh. when you can. That's a good point. Okay. All right. So, Megan, we're, you know, we're back in the swing of things now. And um, what, what's something that you did that was really like a big kickoff for this school year? Um, well, the school year hasn't fully
1: started for me oh, no. just oh, yeah. yet. Okay. Not yet. Um, our kids come back full time on Monday the 13th. So this is just been prep week for me last week and this coming week. Um, But I have to say, I don't know that I necessarily have anything that's a big kickoff as much as this is the first time we are coming back to our space. So during this pandemic, we, you know, did schooling very differently. We were in Mm -hmm. person last year, but we were moved to a different location on campus and we were in pods. And Mm -hmm. so it was a really different experience for library and for really all of their classes, because mm-hmm. the teachers rotated in the, in the first semester and the kids stayed in their pod. And then oh. we started switching classes, um, the second half of the year, but it was still not in our space. We weren't in the library. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody gave up space and everybody, you know, did schooling very differently. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: really it's about a return to our our space and to a more normal, um, school, not fully. We're still in mass. We still, you know, have all of the, the protocols to keep everybody safe in place. So it's a little bit different, but it's definitely more normal than it was. And so for me, it's just nice to be back in, um, our, what we call a learning commons on our fifth and sixth grade hallway that, is a mini library. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just happy to be back in that space and, and next week, or I should say this week, cause as it's Monday, but, yeah. um, when I return to school setting up that space again, so I have lots of books to put away new displays to make. Um, and I have more shelving available this time. So I have more books to, to add from the, the main five to 12 yeah. library into the space that serves mostly five and six. Mm-hmm. So it's just, the kickoff for me is just like introducing our new fifth graders to the space and introducing the sixth graders right. who didn't get a chance yeah. to enjoy that space. Two, two so, years of
0: new people. You're right. Yeah. Two, two
1: years of newness in that space. So I'm 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 really excited to to kick off the year in the space. Right, right. Yeah. So
0: lots of orientation, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. So, all right, so when you're thinking about that that pandemic and you just kind of you did a good description describing how you, you know, had library time last year, but what about, you know, professionally, how did the pandemic kind of impact your services or you? Mm-hmm. So it it really did put
1: a strain on checking out because the students we weren't in the library space. And so I was rolling around the card and taking yeah. requests via email, via um, a Google form. Mm-hmm. Um, a case, uh, towards the end, I did get to bring them over to the space a couple of times, and they did get to to check out. But it just it really it the pandemic really hindered you know just being a full functioning library I mean it was like return books and needing to quarantine and needing to wipe them down and just everything it it just it added such a layer of um stress and and work on top of what we do
0: um
1: and also just you know constantly being in a in a fearful state of mind, you know, this was initially pre-vaccination, you know, we started the year. And so, and and I mean, even now, um, being fully vaccinated, you still don't feel out of the woods. You still feel like there's such a risk, Mm -hmm. but it just, it added so much stress. Um, but it also did something good for me in that, um, it really slowed me down. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that was something that I didn't really realize that I needed. Um, and it, this, this sort of constant, like loop of, you know, making sure I have what I need for classes, making sure that, you know, we are where I said, where I planned we would be at this point, making sure, you know, books are ordered and processed and like all of these things. It just slowed me down. Um, and I didn't do very much ordering of physical books last year, um, but we did ramp up our, um, our Sora uh, for audiobooks and, and ebooks. And that was really nice. But then it was the, the learning curve of like having to teach kids how to right. use that, how to check out and, and all of that. And then, you know, talking to them about what we have and why and why we don't have some things. And mm-hmm. so it, it slowed me down in, in, a, in a very necessary way, but it also still added a lot of stress to, yeah. to trying to do, to do a job well.
0: Yeah. And I, I, you know, and I think that's going to be something that we all struggle going back now because mm-hmm. um, we did slow down, but, but you're, what you're saying that it, it had the opposite effect in a sense, because of our stress level <laughs> as we were facing all these new things, you know, yeah. and I, I also hear people that they'll describe how, you know, a lot of the decision-making was taken away. They didn't have to worry about this or that, but we had to make so many tiny little decisions every single day, that we never mm-hmm. deal with before, but um, so I'm I'm hoping that you know we slide back into a good routine, you know, but but maybe take some of that um, slow down with us, you know, as we that, uh, that we yeah. that me time, you know, we need that me time. So. Absolutely,
1: I mean, and also just not just the me time. I don't know that I. I really got the, I got the me time mostly when we were home quarantined, Mm -hmm, but when we returned in person at the start of last school year, like the slowing down was that I'm only going to cover two big chunks of curriculum this year, just because this is really, I think this is really all the kids can handle. Like not just, you know, all that I can teach, this is all that they can handle. And that has to be okay. Okay. Um, and, and I feel like that was the right decision that was the right thing to do
0: yeah
1: um and
0: and just did my best yeah that makes I totally heard it differently when you're starting but now I, I get what you're saying yeah. so yeah and you're right because and that kind of ties back to early on what we were saying knowing knowing the the big things that you're going to cover um mm-hmm. uh, you know curriculum wise and, and that's what you're going to do you know just and do it well do it yeah. well so Absolutely. all right so you, you might have had um, a different year, but you also had an exciting year because you you won uh, you were one of the awardees for the School Library Journal Mover and Shakers Award. So congratulations to you that that's huge, very very. Thank you. Huge. But, um, tell me a little bit about that. So like what what was your nomination for?
1: Um, so for advocacy and and it's still a bit of a shock because I feel like you know every year everybody waits for the announcements for. Um, movers and shakers and you know you look to see if there's anyone you you know, but I was never familiar with the the process. Like I never looked to nominate someone. So I wasn't familiar with what um, I wasn't familiar with the criteria and and how they were selected or even really the categories. I don't I don't think I had ever paid attention. And so Mm -hmm. when I found out that I was selected, I was like, how's that possible? (laughs) Because like I didn't I didn't know much about it other than I looked forward and and knew people in the past who 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 had gotten the award, and so I, I still feel sort of shocked. But it's for yeah, it's for advocacy, and you know, just work around um, developing an anti-racist library practice, um, one that is um, inclusive, um, engaging, challenging in some ways, but but seeks to to affirm, and so together with a, a, a librarian colleague and a friend that I went to library school with, we had started anti-racist librarians now, a Facebook group. Okay. And it was really just about trying to create a space for people to work through their thinking, work through their library programming to bring questions, not to, you know, I think the thing that we started out by saying is we can't make anybody anti-racist. Like, this is not a thing that we can do for somebody else, but we can create a space for people to, to work through their ideas, to, to, you know, think aloud in a safe space. Yeah. Um, and so that, w- that was just it. And, you know, almost overnight after starting this group a couple, uh, a few months earlier and having about 100 people, half of whom we knew from our own network, bloomed to to over 400 people in almost a weekend Um, and now it's it's close to 700 people and a lot of it was just librarians school librarians wanting a space to think about how to do library differently how to do library in a better way okay and um and it's anything from questions about collection development to um you know, like issues you face in, in in schools. So there, there've been a lot of different conversations that have come up. And I, I think that, um, it, it was one of the, it was a really necessary thing because both Jennifer and I, Jennifer gladkowski the other librarian, um, that I started the group with, you know, we were members of many librarian, uh, Facebook, Facebook groups. And, you know, we would always see like the same sorts of questions being asked like, oh, you know, we want to do a community read and we're looking for something diverse and we're looking for something new. And and just seeing these responses that, um, that were sometimes troubling um, to see you know like a lot of questions around book recommendations and seeing like the same 10 books always recommended no matter what the what the query was you know people are recommending the same 10 things that we all know and love yeah. but it doesn't really get at it and it and it, it was concerning in a way that that really made us feel like are librarians reading new stuff are we really being intentional about what we're reading are we really pushing the envelope like what are what are what are librarians displaying in schools like it just made me reconsider so much when you know being a part of these various librarian groups and Mm -hmm. thinking there has to be a different way it can't simply I mean we can't just still be recommending Charlotte's Web for everything or Hatchet for everything wonderful books I love them both but like If we aren't being intentional, if we aren't intentionally promoting books by authors of color, if we aren't intentionally displaying these books, if we aren't reading them, if we aren't really putting forth new voices in literature, then I'm really concerned about what we're doing. And so that was sort of, you know, this basis of wanting to have a different kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and wanting to engage with other librarians who were looking to have a different kind of conversation. And so we started this group that, that, you know, is there now. And, and I think that that was a part of it. It was just with the goal of like having a, a different space and a different kind of discussion.
0: Okay. So I will put a link to, is it a, a link that uh-oh. It's
1: a, yeah, yeah, it's a private group, but I think that the link will take you exactly. Okay. To it and, and we'll share that.
0: Yeah. We'll share that in the show notes. And then that's, um, so tell me, tell me a few things, make us some examples, like what have been some positive things that have come out of that group? Like, what have you seen some good changes or. Um, so. I mean,
1: there's one, uh, there's a librarian, uh, Maya Berry, who's done a really great, um, and she even has a a blog post about it that she shared with the group, um, her attempt to to tackle collection development and cataloging at her library. And, you know, and just, she had a lot of great ideas to to start with, but like sharing that with the group, I thought was really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that sometimes people think that, you know, the marker of a group is all about, you know, like how many posts are happening a day. Like we can get so inundated with so much social media and trying to follow, um, trying to follow so many threads in in various social media. But one of the things that I really like about this group is, you know, there isn't necessarily a bunch of posts every day. Sometimes it's just one a day. Sometimes there are a couple. But I feel like what comes of it, the conversations that happen within, are to me is where the real. Um, where the real meat and potatoes are, it's, it's, you know, like that's what's happened. So I really, I really like that. And Jen and I both really, you know, like that people are just really intentional in the conversations that, that are being had. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been lots of questions around, you know, how to handle incidents that have happened within the library or with our, you know, with someone's administration. And we really do try to, you know, make sure that it's a space of confidentiality. So, you know, like sometimes people post about like this thing happened, what would you do? What should I say? How how can I handle this? And so there's a bit of that as well. Okay,
0: and, and what you're making me think about is like we, we create in our libraries, a safe zone, you know, a safe mm-hmm. place. And it sounds like your group is doing that too. Cause I can so, think I probably wouldn't ask some questions in some of these really large Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. maybe
1: maybe in this one. Yeah. 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 And so we do have um for the group, we do have um questions that, that you have to answer to join. And we do have um do have guidelines um that are posted, mm-hmm. um, sort of a code of conduct. And so it's it's a part of the announcements there. And we hope we encourage people to read them and hope that they would. And so far, it, you know, one of the things that I think I'd said a few months ago on a post is that we've been so intentional about the space that, you know, we have not had to block anybody. We have not had to, to remove anyone from the, like, it's just not a thing that we have to do because it, it started from a place of, of respect. And we understand that everybody comes from different experiences are in our, in different places on, uh, in their learning and in their journey. And so, you know, fingers crossed it remains <laughs> that right. way. Right. Um, but I think so. I think that, you know, like I said, it's, it's not, it's not a, a battle of a bunch of posts every day. Mm-hmm. It really is more about the quality of what someone wants to contribute or the questions
0: that they have. Yeah. So when you think about like the new librarians, uh um first year starting out, um, what kind of steps would you recommend for them if they want to start just stepping into their library and looking at their collection?
1: Um, I would say really sort of take, take your time in that first year to, to understand the culture of your school and who your teachers are and, you know, how interested they are in collaborating or not, um, what your kids are interested in or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and just take your time in that first year. Um, I definitely think, especially if you are, I think if you are, if you are one, one of many colleges, um, librarian. So I've never been a solo librarian. Mm-hmm. So I've always had, you know, at my first school, I was one of two at my second school, I was one of three. Ooh. And at my current school, I'm one of three and, and we're one per division.
0: That's amazing.
1: And yeah, so I'm at and I'm at a um, PK to 12 school. And so there's a lower school and middle school and a, an a upper school librarian. And so if you have colleagues, that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you have people to bounce um, ideas off of and you know, you can ease your way in. I feel like it might be a little bit harder when you're the only librarian because you have to you have to serve so many um, students and um, faculty. But I would still say, just take your time to just sort of learn the lay of the land, mm-hmm. um, but also be firm in, you know, like what you're bringing. If you know that you're coming to a school in which, um, there's a lack of diversity and, and, or you have a smaller budget or, um, or you see that there are things that are needed around uh, diversity that aren't there. You do still have to put forward, you know, those ideas, but I definitely think you, you sort of want to learn the, the lay of the land. And so you just want to ease it on in before you, you know, before you shake things up. Yeah. No that's what's what yeah. needed. <laughs> If that's what's needed okay. and, I, and also you know shaking things up is often needed and, and you may need to do that but I definitely say figure out you know what your teachers and want and need figure out what your students want and need and then you know use that as a as a guide
0: where do you go to to keep learning and growing like where do you uh, maybe even talk about them um, that you were talking about diverse authors how, how do you mm-hmm. How do you find them? How do you keep up on the latest and the greatest? Um,
1: so in several ways. So I read all of the, the journals. So mm-hmm. School Library Journal, Horn Book, um, We Need diverse books. So I'm on, you know, constantly reading all of, of what's published. Um, also, I follow a lot of authors who also promote other authors, um, I, you know, on Twitter in Facebook groups on Instagram. I follow a lot of um, book bloggers. So it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work in terms of, you know, just keeping up with that, but it's like good work. Like I appreciate that because it's, it's a thing that, you know, I only have, I can do like at home and it doesn't feel like I've brought work home, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like being on social media to, to look up things. I do try to spend at least 30 minutes per week, um, reading some of the, the, um, journal articles at work. Okay. Um, I, I sometimes bring them home, but I, I do feel like it's really nice to sort of break up, you know, the day, If even if it's two 15-minute segments or a full 30 minutes just reading um, the professional magazine. So I recommend building in some time to do that, you know, even if you only get an article in at some yeah. point in the day, it, it, it's definitely helpful. So I just follow I just follow everybody and I, and I try to be careful and I take a break during the summer. So um, before I leave at the end of a school year, I start my list, list of, you know, what I want to order for the fall and because then over the summer, I don't, you know, have to like worry about like keeping up as much. And then when I get back in the fall, I start to add and I go through some of the magazines that have um, built up while I, you know, was, was home and just add to that list. And also I have two really great librarian networks. We have two text chains. So it's like one group of middle school librarians and then another group of just other school librarians. And we ask each other questions and we recommend books and we help each other out. So I, highly recommend having, you know, some librarian friends if you, you have them being just a, a part of a close network. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really, that's a game changer, I think.
0: Okay, very good. All right, well, Megan, it's been such a pleasure meeting you today. Congratulations again on, on your Mover and Shake Award, and um, I look forward to finding your Facebook group. That's going to be something I, I look for, but where can our listeners find you on social media? Like, where would they go to keep learning from
1: you? So I am on Twitter and Instagram okay. at li- Librarian Megs. And it's just M-A-E-G-S, Librarian Megs. Okay.
0: And it's the same on both Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Well, have a wonderful school year. Um, I thank you. I wish you the very best. And it was such a joy to meet you today. So have a great day. Thank you. Have All a right. good day.